up. I'm a child of God. Have in my hand. Powerful Word of God. Can change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. I turn to your neighbor and just say exactly what you want to say to him. I'm glad you're here, works, just whatever. We're in our uh, final uh, message on the Amen series, the Very, Very, Truly, Truly, I Say to You a series we've been doing. Uh, we're going to be in John chapter 16 today. So uh, turning those Bibles that you were holding up to John 16, verses 16 through 30. There's many ironies and contrasts in being a citizen of God's kingdom, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus covers some of those contrasts with his disciples at various times. And uh, those disciples would soon experience as he is walking on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane, ready to face execution, some more teaching. Let's pick up our study this morning at verse 16. John 16, verse 16. A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me, because I go to the Father. Then some of his disciples said among themselves, What is this that he says to us? A little while. And you will not see me, and again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I go to the Father, they said, Therefore, what is it that... He says a little while, why do not, we do not know what he is saying. Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him, and he said to them, Are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said? A little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me. So Jesus is describing for them the first disappearing act. He's describing for them how he's going to disappear. A little while, and you will not see me again, and in a little while you will see me again, because I go to the Father. Now, there's a lot of speculation about what that meant. After he died, he ascended to heaven, but then he came back to appear to the disciples for over 40, 50 days. All right? And uh, so that's, that's part of the speculation. Uh, some believe that when he left, he was leaving them and not coming back, but the angels appeared after Jesus ascended to heaven and said what? Why do you gaze into heaven, men? Men of Israel. The same way you have seen him go, you will see him come again. So there's the promise of the second coming. The promise after the resurrection of the second coming. Verse 19. Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him, and he said to them, Are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said? A little while and you will not see me, and again, a little while and you will see me. It's interesting, the wording, isn't it, in that verse? Jesus, is, he only knows, our, he not only knows our thoughts and our desires, there is no hiding from him. He lived in the flesh, and yet he could easily identify our thoughts, our fears, our desires. No one, there was no one like the Lord in that respect. So, 
Let's look then at some of the reactions and benefits of Jesus' departure. Let's pick it up in verse 20. Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice, and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. <clears throat> but as soon as has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. There are times in life when we have intense sorrow. And he was telling these disciples, in Going forward, you're going to have some intense sorrow. The Jesus whom they loved as rabbi and master would die a horrible death. A death that no, no one could possibly realize that he was going to have to die that way. I mean, the worst of criminals would be hung on the cross like that. So they would weep and they would cry and they would lament of his loss. But at the same time, the all of mankind would begin to rejoice that Jesus has been killed. It's kind of like what's going on today. This is the most prolific uh, outspoken against Christians I've ever seen, especially in America. We're laughed at, ridiculed, mocked, made fun of just because we're a Christian and we follow Christ. They would never do that to someone who's a Muslim. But they'll do it to us Christians. And they do it all the time on television and, and radio and written, and written page. But these people experienced Jesus, these disciples. He was the bread of life to them. He was the light of the world. They knew Him as the door for the sheep and the good shepherd who laid His life down for His sheep. Jesus became for them the resurrection and the life. He became the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus became the true vine of Israel, producing the fruit of righteousness. And everyone that believed in Him was then grafted into that vine. And they met daily and they praised the Lord and the fact that He was risen and when He reappeared, they, they all rejoiced to see Him again. There will be one day that a very huge irony in the realm of, of humans who have rejoiced at the death of Jesus uh, will now begin to cry. Because when He comes back, He says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. So there's going to come a day sooner than I, any of us realize that we're going to fall on our knees and cry out to God. And those of us that are in Him will be rejoicing. And those that are not in Him and those who thought they were in Him will be singing a different tune. You see, the cross can be a source of joy, but it can also be a source and a symbol of God's justice and righteousness. John 3.16, our memory verse. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, God loves us more than we could ever love ourselves. And most of us love ourselves pretty well. But Jesus, God the Father, loves us more than we could ever love ourselves. And that's an amazing thought.
that the, the, the Creator God who made His Son, who then eventually came to die for us so that we could have eternal life. That just blows me away. And there are benefits. Look at verse 23. And in that day you will ask me nothing, or you will no longer ask me anything. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I, I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and I go to the Father. The disciples had grown immensely uh, deep in their relationship with Jesus. They had no doubt. They would ask Him questions. He would reference Scripture. He would give them the answers. And John twenty one twenty five says this, And there is also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. That's an amazing thought. That all the things that they witnessed and saw and Jesus said couldn't be put in all the books of the world. They followed him as a rabbi, which meant that they honored him and revered him. And since Jesus would go have gone back to the Father, the disciples could not ask anything directly in the Father's name. The whatever you ask in Jesus' name would be the request consistent with their relationship with him. It's the same relationship that you and I have. We should ask in the name of Jesus. We should be able to stand up to Satan in the name of Jesus. We should have that same power living in us that was living in the disciples. You see, we have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity working on our behalf. And we should work at remaining or staying in the Son who is the true vine. We should constantly, day by day by day, keep plugged in, keep plugged in, keep plugged in, keep working at being plugged in. Because if we remain in Christ, we will produce godly fruit. And the joy of the Lord will come from us. And it will impact and affect those around us. And the joy of Jesus is that joy that comes from His finished work. That finished work of resurrection. That's what should drive the joy in us. Is because once we die, whoop, we're gone. Amen? We get to be with the Lord. When you do a funeral of somebody that's in the Lord, it's a whole lot easier to do that funeral. It's a whole lot easier. John fifteen eleven, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Now let's look at verse 29. The disciples said to him, See, now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now you are sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. Jesus answered and said, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. See, at first glance, it seems like the disciples finally got it. You ever talk to your kids and talk to your kids and talk to your kids, and then they finally get it? Maybe a co-worker that finally gets it? 
It's an amazing day, isn't it? It's an amazing moment. And that's where we are here. We almost breathe a sigh of relief that these disciples figured it out. They seem to understand what Jesus is saying to them finally. But we must believe that He came forth from the Father. We must believe that He is God in flesh here. We must believe that He came and was born on the third day by a virgin and then rose on the third day and conquered death. We must believe that. And in believing that, we'll find victory in our own lives. And that's what's important. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. The last words of promise Jesus gives us in verse 33. says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In John 14, 27, it's, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There's times when you feel alone. Amen? There's times when you feel abandoned. I've got a video I want you to see that uh, is from Toy Story. And uh, Woody's trying to explain to all the uh, toys that uh, Andy would never abandon them. Well, let's see what this let's see what this video says to us. Uh, guys, hey, hold up. We, we, we need a staff meeting. Everyone, a staff meeting? Oh, not again. Oh, come on, Slink. Gather everyone up. Uh, we are gathered, Woody. Okay. Uh, first off, we all knew Operation Playtime was a long shot. More like a misfire. But we've always said this job isn't about getting played with. It's about... Being there for Andy. We know. But we can try again, right? I'm calling it, guys. We're closing up shop. What? Andy's going to college any day now. That was our last shot. Oh. We're going in attic mode, folks. Keep your accessories with you at all times. Spare parts, batteries, anything you need for an orderly transition. Orderly? Don't you get it? We're done. Finished. Over the hill. Hey, hey, hey. Now, come on, guys. We all knew this day was coming. Yeah, but now it's here. Look, every toy goes through this. No one wants hey, to see... Hey, Sarge. What are you doing? War's over, folks. Me and the boys are moving on. M- moving on? You're going AWOL? We've done our duty. Andy's grown up. Let's face it. When the trash bags come out, we army guys are the first to go. Trash bags? Who said anything about trash bags? It has been an honor serving with you. Good luck, folks. You're gonna need it. No, 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 we're getting thrown away. No, no one's getting thrown away. How do you know? We're being abandoned. We'll be fine, Jesse. So where does Sarge leave? Should we leave? I thought we were going to the end. Oh, I hate all this uncertainty. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Now, wait a minute. Quiet. No one's getting thrown out, okay? We're all still here. I, I mean, yeah, we've lost friends along the way. Wheezy and Etch and Bo Peep. Yeah, even, even Bo. All good toys who've gone on to new owners. But through every yard sale, every spring cleaning, Andy held on to us. He must care about us or we wouldn't be here. You wait. 
Andy's going to tuck us in the attic. It'll be safe and warm. And we'll all be together. Exactly. There's games up there and books and... The race car track. The race car track. Thank you. And the old TV. There you go. The old TV. And, and those guys from the Christmas decorations box, they're fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> and someday, if we're lucky, Andy may have kids of his own. And he'll play with us then, right? We'll always be there for him. Come on, guys. Let's get our parts together, get ready, and go out on a high note. I'd better find my other eye. Where'd you leave it this time? Someplace dark and dusty. Come on. Let's see how much we're going for an eBay. Don't worry, Andy's going to take care of us. I guarantee it. I guarantee you, Andy's going to take care of us. People grow up believing and they live their lives believing that if you have enough money, if you have enough stuff, that's going to take care of me. But the essence of all of it is, if I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, He's going to take care of me. He promises He will. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And then we can, as, as Paul does in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven, say, But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We will always be able to love the Lord and be in the Lord and know the Lord. And by knowing the Lord and having that relationship with the Lord, we'll be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Though the world falls apart around us, our health goes away, our health is in trouble, our monies uh, get, get really tight, disobedience happens from children to parents, parents get upset with each other, maybe split up. It just looks bleak. But if you have that relationship with Jesus, He can hold it together. Amen? And so I pray today that you will have it together, you will hold it together, and let the last words, but thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let that resonate in your life and in your heart. Because He died on the cross, buried in, in the tomb. On the third day, He rose from the grave. And now you and I have the victory because of it. We can rejoice. Father, I ask you this morning that maybe there's one here that needs to respond to you in a, a positive way and uh, maybe just needs prayer. I just pray you'll uh, wrestle with their heart, prick their heart to do that. Uh, Father, maybe there's others in this in this room who just need to have somebody uh, pray over them and give them a hug, whatever it is. Maybe somebody's here that needs to find you for the very first time. Just pray that you'll give them courage to respond to that so we could teach them further what your word teaches in that respect. God, whatever it is, whatever decision needs to be made, would they make it today as we stand and sing together in Jesus' name. Amen. Great song, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. God's tugging on your heart to respond, would you, today?